Hey guys, this is Rob. And this is Shauna. And that's Ripley. And this is Horror Movie Whores. Alright guys, welcome to our second episode. It's the second week of November. And you know what that means. What does that mean? We're doing Halloween! Yay! Yay! Um, let's get right into it. We're not going to do the normal spoiler, no spoiler. It was 1978. If you haven't watched it by now, just to check out the new Halloweens, then you probably don't care. Okay. Sean, would you like to start us off? This is your one and only spoiler warning. Yeah, seriously. Spoiler. Fucking warning. Also, fuck the remake. That's my catchphrase. I'm getting to put on a shirt, y'all. Merch. Merch. Also, right. fuck, fuck the new new remake. Eh, not a remake. It's a sequel. Yeah. Fuck Even it, worse. Even ha- worse. Halloween ends. Um, everything we're about to tell you and go through, and when we inevitably do the other Halloween movies, it's all fucking ruined. All of it. The legacy is ruined. Yeah, it was truly interesting to watch. And this comes from somebody who enjoys watching bad horror movies. Yeah, we love a good B-horror movie. (laughs) But this, this was like, what's the worst kind of movie? Like, D... I don't know. D's nuts. D's nuts. It it felt like a snuff film, honestly, because my childhood was murdered on screen. Like there was the scene where Michael Myers may have came. Yeah, I mean, like it does say the night he came home on the poster, but like, yeah, this is the night he just came. All right, all right. Enough about that one. We'll get to that. You know, we may Maybe do not. a little bit of special at the end, just talking about it. Just rip that little band-aid off as quick as possible. <laughs> it's fucking awful. There's part of it. It's gonna be 20 minutes of me just being fucking awful. Howie'd. <laughs> Alright, so let's go over some basic points about this movie that I personally found interesting, and then I'll throw it over to Shauna. Look at my notes. Get it. Get over to your notes. You got more notes. Read yours. Okay, so first, this movie was written in 10 days. Now, that's especially important to me because I learned that after watching Halloween's Ends, which I think was written over the course of months. Months for that turd. 10 days for this masterpiece, all I'm saying. Yeah, uh... You know what? This is probably going to be half Halloween, half roast of Halloween. <laughs> Alright, go on. Yeah, the screenplay was written in ten days. But the script was written in two weeks. Fun fact. Huh. I guess I don't know the difference between a screenplay and a script. Yeah, hmm. I, I thought it was the same thing, but... Hmm. Okay. The more you know. I guess this turned into a roast of me now. Thanks, Shauna. 
three days. Correct me. I didn't know. What? Nope. But I do know Okay. that... Alright, kids. I got one on her. It was done by Carpenter. And he credited the Bowling Green Philharmonic Orchestra, which is not a real organization. So he made up some organization of his hometown. Bowling Green, Kentucky. Bowling Green, Kentucky, which is not that far from us. It is very far from us because we're in a mysterious location that no one knows. We're in the Midwest slash Northeast slash South. We're in the Myerstome. If you can find the Myerstome, that's where we're at. Pretty sure that was abandoned, but whatever. <laughs> so we may actually be there. Alright. What else you got? Okay. I, I'm just going to kind of go through uh, the timeline. The timeline, if you're okay with that. Kind of like how we do a psycho. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Um, other fun fact, real quick. I did not realize that, one, this is a two-parter. It does not have to do with anything. Filming took place in 20 days, which was crazy to me. I'm pretty sure Halloween Ends was like a month, month and a half long process, probably. I don't know. I don't know how long it took an entire crew of people to shit all over my favorite franchise. However long that takes is how long it took. Um, and... The cast, most of the cast, had to provide their own wardrobes. Yes. That was crazy to me. It was so indie, they had to wear their own clothes, which is awesome. Jamie Lee Curtis bought hers at JCPenney for less than $100. Yeah, like, forever. Yeah. Do you know, do you know what you can get with $100 nowadays? You can pay to watch... Halloween ends like ten times in theaters if you're a fucking masochist. <laughs> yeah, you can watch it on Peacock. I mean, it did break records on Peacock. Ugh. I know. Ugh. Sorry. This is a sore spot for me. I kind of wish we would have done this before we watched Halloween ends. We didn't. We didn't. We're bad at this. We're learning. We're learning. Uh... Yeah, guess something for us? Yeah, it was, if I remember correctly, it was shot in 20 days. But it was over the course of, like, a month in May of 1978. Roast again. No, 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 we're still right. Um, I don't know if you guys could see this, but there was sarcasm in that comment. There was no sarcasm. Uh, it was filmed near L.A. and A lot. And since the there wasn't any like molting trees or anything, because you know it's supposed to be fall, the cast and crew had to get together and cut out paper and paint it to look like leaves, including including who a uh, pre Freddy Krueger Bobby England Robert England. <laughs> I love him. He's great. Fun fact about Robert England that I found out while doing this research. I don't know. You didn't know I found this out. Ooh, I got one for you, too. Ooh, okay. You go first. Okay, I found out that whenever he filmed 
Freddy versus Jason. Is this your one? No, go ahead. That part of the mask got welded to his face. Holy shit. Okay, yeah. And then he still came back and did more. Like, commitment, man. Champ. Well, I mean, it. that's like his baby. That's his character. I love him. He's a great guy. Now, my fun fact. He actually... This is true, as far as you all know. He actually helped make Halloween ends because it was my fucking nightmare. <laughs> okay, going on, moving on. Okay, so <laughs> the beginning of the movie opens up and you see, like, the pumpkins as as the title Yeah, sequence. it's a great title sequence. Great. You hear that score, it gets you a vibe in. It is great. It really is. Um, that score, wow, it's beautiful. Then you walk in, or you know, you come in and you are treated to young Michael just straight up creeping. Oh, when he's the six. POV of that scene, though, yeah. it's so good. You see it through, like, the mask, oh. and you hear the heavy breathing because you know he knows what he's about to do. He's about to find his sister, butcher her in a very weird way. Uh, he sneaks up on her naked and just starts stabbing her, which, by the way, unconvincing as hell. There's barely any blood at that point, but you're kind of seeing it through his viewpoint, through his eyes. Um, and then he goes outside his parents are just coming home conveniently after the murder is committed. He takes off his mask. He's got the bloody knife, creepy little clown outfit, and you see his face just cold, dead. The part that confuses me about that is the parents did not react at all. They're just like, Michael, what happened? Michael, what happened? And the dad's just standing there looking at the house like, well, I mean, like, it's Halloween. You, like, if you're like, oh, like, maybe it's a prank or something. You know what I mean? I guess. I guess. Be able my to first thought would not be like, oh, my son killed my daughter. Like, well, yeah, I guess that makes sense. But, okay. Anyways, now, fast forward. To the Smithsboro Sanitarium Psych Ward. Yes, the lovely Dr. Loomis and his handsome nurse driving the car. And Shauna actually found out the name of the sanitarium. I never really cared. But it's a great scene driving up to that and the lights flash like you kind of make out the silhouettes of the patients that have escaped and you're like, oh, Good sanitarium. Let me get some air in the middle of the night in the rain. I was actually a hospital and sanitarium nearby. I was looking into this, but um, yeah, like they just went to a random hospital and recorded them walking out. And oh, okay. Also, um, the nurse is named Marion Chambers as a nod to Psycho. Ah, a lot of those in this. Movie yeah, that like this movie out. is very heavily. Influence. Influenced by Psycho and Black Christmas, and yes, uh, both great movies. 
obviously there are some connections to this movie, the Psycho, that we will get to later. But yeah, Shauna like will make sure list. to call out every single connection as we get to them. Yeah. Alright. And then we find out that somebody escaped from the sanitarium. We don't we don't really know who. It's Michael Myers. Okay. It's Michael Myers. <laughs> Surprise, motherfuckers! Yeah, it's always Michael Myers. It's like the Arkham Asylum of the Halloween <laughs> franchise. Like, just, just incompetence just, all around. <laughs> just walks out every time. She says, LOL, nope. <laughs> yeah, he just yeets himself. Okay, so we got that. Now, where do we go from here? So, then you go back to seeing Laurie Strode and meeting her. And... In Haddonfield. In Haddonfield, Illinois. A made-up town based off of Haddonfield, New Jersey. Yes, I believe it is the producer's hometown... One Deborah Hill. Yeah, uh, did you realize that John Carpenter and Deborah Hill were dating at the time that they wrote this? Nope, that seems unethical. Oh, yeah. Hey, she took. John the, Carpenter fucks. That's all I can tell you. Uh, basically, it was. She took a lot of. Or she wrote all the dialogue for. Like, what the kids would say, the babysitters, because she did a lot of babysitting whenever she was oh, growing up. Okay. And then. He wrote all of, like, Loomis's monologues about he, the evil. He wrote all of Michael's lines. Yeah. All the heavy breathing. And I'm gonna take a quick little detour here. Okay. Because I thought this was interesting. Carpenter only got paid $10,000 for this. No way. But he got, like, 10%. Mm, this movie, this movie prints yeah. Uh. Well, it it had a budget was... of three hundred thousand. Okay. It made seventy million. Holy, that's uh. Yeah. So it. Yeah, I think he he made a little bit of money off of this. What a thriller. And that was actually part of the reason that they uh, ended up going with it because they were like, "Wow, he really believes in it. He's not willing to." Take, take all that money from take all it. That money, yeah. Hmm. And it's actually like one point two or one point four million dollars today. Is what? How much it? The budget was. That's still a small budget. It's That's a very a today's small budget. standards. That's a really small budget for a movie. Um. No wonder he made everybody buy their own uni- their own uh, yeah. outfits for the movie. And. Yeah, so he did it for the love of the game, I guess. Love, love of the game. Um, now, don't worry with that. I do believe you also said this was supposed to be a sequel to Black Christmas, correct? Yes, he actually ended up talking to. Oh, Hold on, she's digging through her notes. She takes a lot of notes for this. His name was Bob something. I can't remember what his last name was, but uh, the director for Black Christmas. He was talking to him about it, and he really wanted it to be a like a direct sequel to Black Christmas that was following the same killer. Yeah, following the same girls that had the killer, like it got that got caught and. Was released. 
released. And oh, Bob Clark, thank you. Yeah, no problem. I got you. But same killer it, gets released, but this time falls with babysitters getting murdered. Well, it was supposed to be sorority girls to begin with, but they ended up going with babysitters when they realized this was a completely new beast. Ah, uh, that's fair. This is. Definitely something different from Black Christmas for sure. And even though Bob Clark gave his blessing, it was like, yes, go for it. Love it. Um, Love it. No notes. Even Bob was like, you know, this is completely its own thing. Like, yeah, there's definitely nods, but like, it's not a sequel. Yeah. No, this is a. Yeah. I wish. I wish somebody would just let a. Halloween ends be its own beast and name it something fucking different. This was nothing like fucking Halloween. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, going on. Okay, so. No repressed anger at all, folks. No, none at all. The, um. So he. Meet Lori. Meet Lori. She's talking to a kid that she's talking about babysitting that night. Hmm. Yeah. First, she's talking to her dad, who is, interestingly enough, has his own little history. Yeah, he, he has like a very like a friend of a friend type. He's twelve degrees of Kevin Bacon, but without footloose. So his name is Peter Griffith. His daughter is Melanie Griffith and granddaughter Dakota Johnson. But he actually was married to Tippi Hedren, who worked in a lot of Alfred Hitchcock movies. Who did Psycho? Who this is inspired by? Boom. Got it. Nailed it. No notes. <laughs> no notes. Alright. Moving on. Well, and uh, Jamie Lee was, like, Carpenter wasn't even thinking about her. He was thinking about using um, Anne Lockhart from Lassie. To... Who the fuck is Anne Lockhart? Uh, that is not my queen. <laughs> Well, I think he wanted that innocent vibe, but then, like, she was kind of tied up, and so, whenever he found out it was, you know, Anne Lee's daughter, he was like, well, yeah, he's like, that'd be great publicity for the film, you know? Mm, I get that. Uh, Janet Lee starred in Psycho, in case you all basics didn't fucking know that. Go back and listen to our last episode. Yeah, seriously. If you don't know that, you didn't listen to the last episode. Fuck you all. Just kidding, we love you. Love you. The fuck Halloween goes. (laughs) Ends. Kills also, but also ends. Halloween ends. But she only received $8,000 for the movie. Goodness, she had to buy her own clothes and only made eight grand. Yeah, which is $2,000 less than he made. Yeah, but like, I don't know. The whole movie like rested on her ample, ample back. Well, yeah. Uh, the guy that plays Loomis, do you want to guess how much he made off this movie? I don't know, 20? 20,000. I'm of so course. good at this trivia. Uh, well, that's Donald Pleasance, though. That is a. That is a well, well rounded actor. Well, it was actually uh, offered to. Christopher Lee first. But he turned it down Mm. and he regretted it a lot because he's like, he doesn't get offered very many roles. 
and or in that are um, the good guy. You know, he's always off for the bad guy. That's true. Time. He is. He is always the bad guy. And but also such a great Dracula. Dracula, Count Dooku, right? Count Dooku. Um, I believe he was Sauron from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, he, he's let's, excellent. Let's think about that. Let's think about Christopher Lee being Loomis and Donald Pleasance being all of those. Oh my god, what a crazy ass world. No thanks. <laughs> yeah. But no. both of them made a lot more than uh, Nick Castle in, who played the adult version of Michael Myers. You want to guess how much he made? A thousand. He made. He got paid per day. What? Yeah. He oh. got paid $25 a day. To be one of the most iconic slashers of yeah. any generation. Oh, Doesn't that no. kind of hurt your heart a little bit? That poor guy. I think I think they pay him more now, so... Really? At least I hope so. I wonder how much he made for... Well, he was in Halloween Ends, maybe. But to be fair, there also was... Three, four, Michaels. Oh, it doesn't matter. Maybe he was just the one who his face like popped out of. Okay. Anyways, we're off track. We Go are on. very off track. Go on. Okay, so he's talking to the kid, and they end up putting the key to the Myers house under the mat. Yes. Okay. Myers house. I actually have a little bit of info about that. Okay. But it looks like in a castle was in Halloween Ends. Uh, he did the voiceover work for Myers' breathing again. Perfect. And he was a cameo at a party too. Oh boy. That movie. I can't talk about it anymore. Well, you're you're can't. not allowed to. <laughs> so um what's your info about the Myers house? Um, hold on, I have it written down here. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Well, okay, I can go on to the next part, Well, There we go, found it. Okay, <laughs> so, the first location was at 709 Meridian Avenue in South Pasadena, California. It was supposed to be demolished. But it is now relocated at 1,000 Mission Street in South Pasadena, where it resides. And the home was named a historical landmark, not only because of cinematic history, but also because the house itself dates back to 1888 and is thought to be the oldest surviving residential structure in all of South Pasadena. That's insane. That is and at the time of shooting, it was actually an abandoned house. I don't think it's abandoned anymore. It may be. I don't know. I believe it. I'll check. Yeah, fuck Halloween. Okay. So then we go to her at school. Yes, and this begins my favorite, favorite part of this movie. Just Michael creeping outside of windows and apparently completely empty streets and no one ever sees it ever. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a great trend. Also, like, what is it with the trope of, like, movies showing you sitting in class, hearing, like, exactly what you need to hear, but they're not paying attention? 
Yeah, they're not paying attention. Nobody's paying attention. And the main character sees something outside the window. Boom. Creepy hunky boy in a William Shatner mask behind a car. Not listening to a fucking thing that teacher's saying. And then she gets called on and is like, oh yes, it's two plus two equals five, ma'am. <laughs> and it's perfect. That's the right fucking answer. It can be the wrong answer, but it's the right answer at the time. Love it. Is that the trope you're talking about? I'm sorry, I took over from you. Is that the trope you were talking about? Yeah. Yes. It okay, was. good. Then we are following the kids that she babysits, and we see Michael at the playground, which I'm pretty sure he's not allowed to be within 500 feet of. Yeah, this kid is getting bullied. He is getting the business end of the deal here. Like, they smash his pumpkin, everything. This poor kid, little Tommy Doyle, is just getting his ass whooped. Which, which I would like to point out, my brother has this theory that Michael only kills children that aren't innocent. Like in, in the, one of the newer movies, he kills a kid because the kid didn't listen to his dad. He got out of the truck, tried to shoot Michael, so the kid had to die. Had to get got. Baby, not dead. Didn't get killed because it's innocent. It has not sinned in the horror realm yet. This bully-ass kid runs into Michael, and Michael's like, go ahead and get out of here. Go on now, get. Go on now, get. Go on now, get. That kid is not innocent. He should have gotten got. But, but, Tommy Doyle is actually named after Thomas J. Doyle from Rear Window, the detective. A, not psycho reference, but yes. definitely a Hitchcock reference. Definitely Hitchcock. Definitely big old thick, thick, veiny Hitchcock. And then you meet, or you know, you're walking along with Lori, and she's meeting up with her friends. I believe the first one is Annie. We refer to her as slut number one. Slut number one. Because apparently we slut shame on this show. No, she is proud slut number one. Proud slut. Hashtag proud slut. And we also run into Linda. Lindsay. Linda. Yeah, That's Linda. Linda. Lindsay's the kid. Yeah. And Lindsay is the kid. And they are talking about babysitting. They're trying to, like, talk about how she's a Girl Scout. And... Always babysitting, never has fun. She's a little, little, little piece of shit boring slut. Yeah, and actually, uh, Jamie Lee auditioned for the other girls because uh. she. She's like, she cheered in high school. She said she was a smart aleck. She definitely didn't know she could play a goody girl. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder, I wonder deep, deep inside of myself how my childhood would have been differently if Jamie Lee Curtis would have been Linda and TJ Souls would have been Laurie Strode. There's a specific scene later in the movie where I question things. (laughs) Titties everywhere. Titties everywhere. Uh. And this car comes by, speeding, and there's this great line in it where they're like, speeding kills! And, like, car stops, and then eventually goes on. Today, somebody would have probably shot out of that car. You don't talk shit while driving. 
Woodridge kills. Also, I did look up something. Halloween Ends was a three-month filming process. Oh and that's what we got. Okay, moving on. Stop trying to make Halloween Ends a thing. <laughs> it is a thing. By that's talking about it, you're making it more of a thing. Oh, no. My anger makes it more powerful. Yep. Uh, the, the car was actually rented for two weeks, I think, two or three weeks. But then it went back, and they ended up selling it on auction, and it sat in a, a barn oh. for years. Like, years upon years. And then somebody else bought it and completely restored the thing. Well, that's Inside cool. and out. I love yeah, it. Yeah, left in a barn for decades. That and, is and it sad. was a government-owned 1978 Ford LTD station wagon for two weeks, yeah. Sean here does that deep, deep research. I try. It's more about trying to impress you with your favorite movie. I'm so impressed. And then Lori gets to see Michael for the first time. Second time. Oh, yeah, second time. I'm sorry. Yeah, she, he was outside that window. You gotta understand that. I guess he's say close up. Yeah. Behind the whole uh, the bush, which I'm pretty sure they just jacked from The Simpsons. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure The Simpsons was running back then, too. Probably. Um, yeah. They predict everything. Yeah. So, the cardio that had to be all Michael did in the psych ward was just cardio. Because he ducked behind that. And you can't even, like, if you look, you can't even see his feet in the little openings of the bush when he ducked back there. Like, where'd he go? Did he Spider-Man crawl? Maybe. I love it. I don't know. I love it. But uh, she also sings a song. I can't remember if it was this part or like right before it. But she sings a song about how she wants the two of us alone and all that. You oh, know that song? yeah. yeah. That was completely improvised by her. Mm. Foreshadowing. I know. It's a crazy foreshadowing. Like they were like, oh, well, this actually works well. So they left it in there. Love it. And then... Uh, she goes up in her room. You end up seeing this awesome poster there. Ooh, she did some research on this. This one's good. Where it, it kind of like just stood out to me. There's a painter, James Enzor, 1860 to 1949. He was a Belgian expressionist painter who was most famous for portraying human figures wearing grotesque masks. What? Like a deep dive. Yeah. I live. That was great. Chef's kiss. Um, so, in my opinion, that is me taking that John Carpenter said, oh God, William Shatner is grotesque. I mean, they did alter quite a bit. Yeah, I guess so. Because they widened the eye holes, and then they painted it like a whitish, bluish. White. So white. It was funny because I was reading that he they didn't have a mask planned, like this is a run, like a last minute thing, and he picked that one because it had the deadest eyes that matched what his vision was for Michael. Yeah, it says that it was a Captain Kirk mask purchased for a dollar ninety eight from a costume shop on Hollywood Boulevard, and it. Yeah, 
script said Michael Myers' mask had pale features of a human face. Yeah, if you need a pale, lifeless, white human, you get William Shatner. <laughs> okay. Next up, we've got... Hey, you see Michael, oh, that iconic yeah. scene of him creeping on her from behind the clothesline. Yeah, that is so great. Um, like I said, my favorite part of the movie was just him creeping. Never really killing or doing anything. He's just like, hey, little mama, let me whisper in your ear. Just enough that you're like, did, did she say it? Did she not? Like, No, no, don't do not do that. No, there's no doubt that little fucker was there. No, <laughs> Every she, time. Like, she's thinking that. No, I know, and I don't understand why she's questioning it. And, okay, we're going to skip ahead a little bit just for a moment. Because it so bothers me that she sees this person, this quote-unquote shape, like standing everywhere. But the second Tommy's like, oh, hey, yo, there's this dude going into this house that shouldn't be there. He, he looks like the boogeyman. She's like, oh, you little lying piece of shit. <laughs> Go pour water over your candy and eat sloppy candy, you little piece of shit. Yeah, you rear window detective named boy. Yeah, you know what? He kept spying that shit mm-hmm. out of a window. Yeah, it was uh, supposed to represent his voyeurism. Kids? Yeah. That kid peeping Tom or something? Yeah. He's creeping gonna... out the window all the time. Well, I get that, but, like, I didn't think it was a voyeur. I thought he was, like, seeing shit and, like... I mean, that's what voyeurism is. Uh, maybe. I don't think it's necessarily voyeurism. If I walk out, I look out the window and I see a dog, I'm not being a dog voyeur. I'm being, like, a... Oh, yeah, that's a, a fucking normal dog. human being that yeah, loves dogs. Yeah, that's a fucking dog, yeah. Okay, <laughs> off topic. So, this is ninety percent of podcasts, dude. You need to understand that. If we stay on topic, we're not doing it right. That's, that's you gotta give the people what they want. Rambles. Rambles. Family rambles. All right, go on. So then we go to Judith Myers' gravesite, and what's wrong with it? Oh, I'm not allowed to talk anymore. It's missing. Bum bum bum. <laughs> Yeah, then we can figure out, oh, her son. Wait, was that the sister? Judith Myers was the sister, not the mom. Yeah, I got a little mistake in there. It's late. We record this way too fucking late, people. Alright, so yeah, it's missing. They don't know where it's at. The only smart person in the entire city decides to be like, oh, hey, you know what, maybe Michael took that. Alright, go on. Then you... Uh, also, that missing headstone is a preview for a pretty wicked looking scene coming up. Yes. And you're at the Myers house with the Sheriff and Loomis. Yeah. And the... Yet another Psycho fun fact. The Sheriff is named after the Sheriff and Psycho. Yeah, that's less of an homage than a complete yeah, ripoff. Like... Or... Or... Like making head cannon, that's the same sheriff. Ooh, exact same yeah. sheriff. Yeah. Tie them together. And then, so they're there. They're kind of trying to figure out what's going on. Try scoping out because you know you assume he's going back to the house. But that's an honest assumption. 
and then they kind of make a a weird, gross remark that maybe he ate a cat or a rat or something. I don't know what it was. Yeah. I don't know if they ever actually say definitively what it was, but there's a little little squirmy boy in the corner that's like still warm. Poor little thing. I loved him. Alright. Our next scene is where she's actually babysitting with Tommy Doyle and little sick fuck. A little boy or boy. A little peeping Tommy boy. Who would later go on to be played by Paul Red. Fun fact. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. Yeah, and then Paul Red's peeping Tom. You heard it here first. And then Anthony Michael Hall. Wait. Paul Rudd is not a peeping Tom. We don't want a lawsuit. It was a joke. <laughs> it's a joke. Yeah, you didn't hear shit here first. <laughs> he All plays right. peeping Tom. Yes, allegedly. Allegedly. Alright. And the sheriff is also, you can see on his arm that he has a patch for Warren County, which is a reference to Carpenter's hometown. Oh. Which is in Warren County. There you go. That is a fun fact. Very fun, very fact. Alright. And so she brings over a jack-o'-lantern while they're babysitting. She's like way better of a babysitter than literally any other babysitter I've ever heard of. Yeah. That's a lot of mess and a lot of work. A lot of work. But I mean back then they didn't have shit to do. That's true. Like there was she couldn't have like just pulled through with her smartphone or whatever. Yeah, no. But yeah, she's Actually, she's just, like, the, the MVP of babysitters. Yeah, like. especially by the end of the movie. I mean, she put in a lot of effort to save those kids. Yeah. Alright, what do we got next? And so then he gets a call from Annie, a.k.a. slot number one. Yes, who is babysitting Lindsay, a.k.a. only other child in this movie that's not a complete prick. Yeah, but her name is Kyle Richard, and she was the sister of Tim Richard, who was played in Assault on Precinct 13, which is his previous movie. Yeah, Assault on Precinct, Precinct 13 was actually pretty good. The remake was also pretty good. Didn't mind it. Uh, her sister was the one that died on the way to get ice cream. Very violently, and so that's kind of why they think maybe they he didn't kill kids in this because like he saw what it did to her sister and was like, Ugh. "That's fair." I don't know what it did to her sister, but that's fair. But apparently, it kind of traumatized. Like it was a very traumatizing scene for oh. her. Well, seeing your own mortality happen in real time <laughs> would do that to you. Yeah. Um. Fun fact, though, Lindsay was watching um the thing. Which he would go on to remake four years later. So, I don't know if that's an actual, like, Easter egg or if that's just a very happy accident. Because, like, that's kind of early, but... I don't know, but a great line from that scene where the TV's playing and it talks about the shape of terror. Watch out for the shape of terror. Yeah, or something like that. And I was like, oh my god. I they refer to as Michael as the shape. How funny. Uh. Now, obviously in this movie, he's referred to as the shape in the credits and everything. Another fun fact, if you pause the credits of Halloween Ends, 
he's actually credited as the shape of a turd. <laughs> like the whole fucking movie. Alright. Also, uh, yet another fun fact. The uh, song by Ed Sheeran, The Shape of You, is actually about Michael Myers. Yeah. Not about a woman. About Michael Myers. Yeah. That, that you may have hurt your person. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. So, Annie's talking to her on the phone, and she's trying to make popcorn, and basically she gets butter all down the front of her, and then immediately strips. Yeah, immediately. Yeah. That is... Which has happened zero times whenever I've babysat, or anything. Like, I've never been like, Oh, like this kid vomited on me or whatever, which is way grosser than butter. Let me just immediately strip in the middle of somebody else's home for no reason. Um, fun fact <laughs> that does happen recently to me. <laughs> okay. And you heard it here first. And so she goes out to their laundry room, which is like somehow in their garage, I guess, and. No, that is a separate, whole separate place. Yeah, like... That's the, bigger than our fucking apartment. That's true. But she does this very big t- tied product placement, and and then she's wearing this shirt around or whatever. And then, would you like to hear the next part? Oh, yeah. Skip me for... We're just going to skip to straight to her death. She's going to go meet Paul. This is after she takes Lindsay to uh, Lori's house. She's babysitting in with Thomas Buchanan Doyle. Don't know if that's his middle name, but it sounds like a creepy lawyer name. <laughs> and she goes back <laughs> apparently just freeballing it in a shirt and underwear to go drive to pick up her boyfriend. Oh, in a blanket. <laughs> like, yeah, she looks like, like a, old a lady shawl. Blanket. Yeah, <laughs> she looks like a little babushka. And she goes to unlock or go get in the car. Oh, oh, hey, it's locked. Oh, I forgot the keys because I don't have any pockets. Eh. Anyways, so she goes, gets the keys, comes back, pops open the door, does not use the key, but doesn't think anything of it. Like, oh, hey, this door's unlocked mysteriously. Whole car is fogged up mysteriously. That's okay, I'll get in it, whatever. And then she gets choked the fuck out. Completely choked out. And, like, he also slits her throat because overkill is underrated. And I don't know that he understood that he killed her myself because he kept asking Annie, Are you okay? Are you okay, Annie? (laughs) And uh, I'm not saying that anybody ripped anybody off for that line, but, like, 23 years later, Smooth Criminal came out, so, eh, infer what you will. So, yeah, slut number one has been X'd off the list. You want to hear something crazy? Please. That's all I want to hear. So, we never actually get to meet Paul. Ever. Like, ever. You just hear him on the phone. And... Guess whose voice that is? Whose voice is that? Carpenter himself. Oh. Isn't that crazy? My fucking god, you are lying to me. No, it's true. Uh, I'm sorry for all the cursing. I'm trying to earn our 
temperature rating. I don't think we've gotten there yet. Maybe we should have like a click counter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> how many f bombs can we put in here? Yeah, there's one click counter for that and one click counter for how angry I get about Halloween ends. Probably neck and neck. Probably neck and neck. Okay, so then. What we got? What's up next? We get to slut number two. Slut number two dies. Ba -ba -ba Boom. So. Bob. Who? Bob. Yeah. Bob. That's right. The most masculine name in human history. Bob. Bob and Linda come over and they're like looking for Lindsay and they're looking for Annie and they're like, well, what's going on? So they call Lori and they're like, she's like, oh, well, they brought Lindsay over here. And they're like, yes. Hell time yeah. to bone. And if we've learned anything from horror movies, it's if you have sex, you die. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> once you once you do that, you just peak. What do you even want to live for after that, honestly? The Ugh. STDs were stabbed. Oh. Oh, no. Yep. Okay. So, I would like to bring up something here. Just one of the most iconic scenes in my opinion, in, in any horror movie, is when Bob gets got, and he is hanging on the wall, and Michael just does that little, like, sideways stare at him, like, oh, yeah, this is art. I made this. This came from my penis. I made it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So. Sorry, I skipped ahead. My you bad. did, you did. I'm it's sorry. okay, they're, like, doing the, their little nookie cookie up in the bed. That's... <laughs> That is the only time I've ever heard it referred to as that. That is haunting. I do not like that. Okay. All I'm calling it now. So, after, uh, she's like, go get me a beer. Go get me a beer. I've got my, my two cigarettes here. You can have one, I guess. Because it's the 80s and we or 70s. And we you don't realize just how bad this is for us yet. Yeah, and, like, this is, like, okay, okay, okay. Look, this script was written in 20 to 30 days. I don't know. 10 days. I don't know. I've been corrected twice on this already. So, the writing there was, hey, go get me a beer. And he's like, I thought you were going to get me a beer. And she just looks at him and says, yeah! I'm like, oof. That is Academy Award winning writing there. <laughs> And then this, this dude just gets full-on dressed to go down there. Pants, shirt, underwear, everything. I mean, like, and he walks around in just, like, a white shirt and a shawl, and he's like, I got to button up my tie. Yeah, like, for real. All right, anyways, so... We can't see schlongs. No, God, no. This isn't Game of Thrones. Okay. Uh, final season of Game of Thrones, just as bad as Halloween ends. Maybe. Anyways, uh, so yeah, we got to the kill of Bob. Sorry, I spoiled that. Bob gets lifted and stabbied. Lifted and stabbied. I love that scene. God, it's so good. And they recreated it in Halloween Ends. And you know, I'll give them credit for that. That was pretty cool that they did that throwback. Even though that weird fucking kid is just standing outside the window with his hand on the window like fucking Trinity from the Matrix trying to stop it from happening. <laughs> not the Matrix. The Matrix was 
baller. Okay, so, slut number two. What happens to her? I will leave this to you. So, and after Bob dies, you see somebody come into the room and a ghost sheet with glasses on over it. Mm-hmm. And you know for a fact he did not put those glasses on until the last possible minute. Because if you've ever worn someone's prescription glasses that aren't yours, oh my god. You're not making it upstairs. That's all I'm saying. But, uh, it, she's like, like kind of play talking with him, like, oh, come on, Bob, give me my beer. Because, like, I think that's the only thing she could think of. She's like, I'm a cool kid. I drink beer. Yeah. And, like, oh, like, like, see anything you like? Yeah. Look at my titties. That's the scene, by the way, guys. Jamie Lee Curtis would have done that one instead of Lori. Oh, man. Lovely. Oh, man. It's cold shower time, y'all. <laughs> I'll be back. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And so she's like, you know what? You're not going to give me my beer. I'm going to call Lori and see where, Lin- you know, if Lindsay can come over or whatever. So, since we've done our nookie cookie. Oh, yeah. Oh. Oh. And oh. so she's sitting there talking on the phone, and. Oh, you want me to talk about it? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. I guess I'm talking about all the kills. Yeah, she got strangled the fuck out. Like, just, just got. Yeah, yeah. Like, head right there. That movie, that scene is probably why cordless phones got invented. Because she got strangled with that cable. Wasn't there a scene in Black Christmas where they got strangled with the phone? Okay, probably. Probably. There's, probably. There's a lot of Yeah. There's a was, lot of phone stuff with Yeah, this is a big thing in the seventies and eighties. People got killed with phones a lot. I mean like a lot, a lot. Like if you weren't strangled with it, you're beat with it. I mean I've got tangled up in phone cords before. Yeah, but like fucking it doesn't ghost dad didn't strangle you from behind well, okay. We're not Oof. Probably shouldn't bring that up. Anyways, so yeah, she dead. She dead. She dead. She, and uh, like... And Lori thought that they were having like sex while on the phone. She's I, like, oh, I gotta hear I gotta hear your famous squeal. And I, in her defense, that did not sound like a murder. Like, uh, it sounded like a oh, yeah. oh, oh my god, Michael Myers, you're so deep. <laughs> Yeah, you know, that can get a little confusing. She did not have a good, like, death sound that some people have in movies. She was, like, built for porn. I can see why she was confused. Yeah, I could, too. So, eventually, Lori's Uh, like... That means Jamie Lee Curtis would have been doing that. Oh, my goodness. Okay. I'm back. So then, uh, Lori eventually is like, okay, these kids are over here asleep, you know, like... I'm All this weird shit's happening. I'm gonna lock the door and go investigate, like, what's happened to my friends or whatever. And so she's over at Lindsay's house. And mm-hmm. there. Did I do this part? Um, yes. So. She's looking around, can't find anybody, checks the kitchen, checks the bedroom, or the 
living room. All this finally makes her way upstairs. Nothing good happens upstairs. Alright? You may get laid upstairs, but you're going to die upstairs too. That's just a fact of life. So she busts in the door by turning the doorknob and opening it. And finds Annie dead in bed in like a crucified manner. Look, type, arms spread, everything. And whose gravestone is there? <laughs> Judith Myers. Judith fucking Myers, y'all. Like... Reginald Judith Myers. Yes. Judith Buchanan Myers. So, <laughs> and the fact that he did all this, and, like, how long was she sitting there thinking about going? Because he killed these people, brought them up, laid them out, put this headstone here. Like, those things are not light. That's some pre-planning, man. As I've never stolen one or held one, but I just assume it's a stone fucking slab. This dude got that upper body strength, too. I guess through Bob's death, we could tell that. I need to commit myself. That way I can get shredded. Absolutely shredded. 15 years, I'm coming back. Look at the night I came. Home. So, she's dead. In bed. Gravestone. Next, Jamie Lee Curtis is freaking out. Backs up. What's she find? The other two sluts. Oh, okay. So I guess Bob is slut as well. Oh he's, yeah, he's a man slut. Okay, so man show, man slut, all of it. He is in a closet. I don't really know what it was because I thought the other one was also in a closet. This room has like thirty fucking closets. I think one's a closet and one's like a like storage, like a dresser type thing. Isn't that a closet? A storage room inside your room wouldn't there just be a closet because you're storing your clothes anyways he, she goes to that door thinks she's gonna find something I don't know what she's gonna find but boom he's like hanging and he flies upside down like a fucking bat person boom dead got got next one next one is like folded up inside this wardrobe closet thing yeah who is that is that slut number two that is um Linda yeah. yeah. Guess what? Fucking did. Fucking did. Which is weird now that I think about it. And he died. She didn't even get laid. Talked about it. She's gonna go do it. She didn't get laid. Yeah, but I feel like the fact that she talked about it enough mm. like, she, like she has definitely already done it. Yeah, okay. So here, here's what you And you know, around here we love sluts, but Michael Myers does not love sluts. We, we really, really love sluts. Like, that is a thing here. <laughs> okay, so my tips for surviving a horror movie. Don't get laid. Don't talk about getting laid. Don't ever have sex in your entire life. And if you see the keys to the car, just get to the fucking car. Okay? Alright. And don't go to, like, Texas or anything. Unless you're listening from Texas. And hi. Hello. We love you. Drop a comment below. Texas is great. But if you're not from Texas. Fuck Texas. Don't go to Texas. Yeah. Everything's bigger in Texas. Including the pussy. 
unless you're from Texas. Love you. Okay. <laughs> what do we got next? Uh, so then, like, she's freaking out, and this there's actually this really crazy thing that um, Carpenter came up with, because the scenes were not shot in order. So he ended up creating a scare scale for this, and he's like, okay, like, this next scene, I'm going to need you to be at an 8 on the scare scale. And she had different stream volumes and levels for each of them. So, you know, Pep says that she could progressively get more scared as the night goes on. Because it's a mother and a saint. But she's freaking out. She's, like, backing up. And there's, like, empty dark space behind her. Another fucking closet. Fucking 1% having 30 closets. But, uh, you start to see, like, the glow of his face, which was actually done by them having a light in that room on a dimmer right beside him. And they slowly brought it up. It just makes such a creepy... This is, like, an iconic scene. Oh, so iconic. I think that's on several (laughs) scariest horror movie moment lists out there. Because it's not... Like, you get the music, you get the the build-up, and then you get just... Like, you're thinking, like, what is that? Is that something behind her? And then, no, that's not... It. Oh, my and fucking then, like, God. like, he immediately cuts down her arm, and you'll see that, like, scar in some of the sequels. Sometimes. <laughs> you know, I'd like to pause here and just <laughs> no. talk about how I'm told not to bring up anything <laughs> about any future films that may have come out after this and then you're just sitting here with your cute little smiles like oh I'm gonna talk about it and he's not gonna bring it up <laughs> I won't I'm not gonna bring it up it was it was in the newer ones like she's wearing like a short sleeve shirt you do see the scar in that movie that I won't name the one that won't be named the, the, the film that will not be named like an ending to a franchise. <laughs> okay, say it one more time. No. Okay. I'm not, I'm not bringing it up. Okay, so then... She Fuck is... that movie. <laughs> I don't want to say I'd rather watch the sequel to Rob Zombie's movie, but I probably would pick it over this. At least that one had maybe more than ten minutes of Michael Myers in it. That does trash. Alright, go on. Sorry. So then, Morty's like, Oh, fuck. Let's get back to the kids that I left locked in a house by themselves. Just kind of like the worst decision she made all night. At well, least she locked them in. Well, okay, but but what was the worst decision? We're going to have the discussion now. Locking the kids in that house by themselves. Or dragging the killer back to the house mm-hmm. with her. Yeah, like, she should have stayed there. She should have just stayed there. I'm gonna go to a different fucking house. Yeah. Like just any other house without the two children that she's responsible for. Yeah, but how is she supposed to protect them if she like he decides to veer off course? That's true. And then Ow. Then what? So she's like getting in the house and she's like screaming out to Tommy and Lindsay's like, oh my god! Oh my god, let me in, let me in! And then, you 
know, she gets in just in the nick of time. Well, obviously. And through a Scooby-Doo-esque round of almost gotchas, you know, the kids are okay. She, you know, gets away from him several times. There is the iconic scene where she grabs... Yeah, it, it's right when she gets in the house and she's hiding behind the couch or in front of the couch, I guess, in this in this instance because it's kind of away from the windows. Um, she notices, oh shit, there's a fucking side door open. Oh no. So she's like sitting there, hunched down, and I guess she hears his breathing because this dude has... Uh, he needs some albuterol inhalers. He needs to breathe right through. Yeah, or just cut like something in the nose so you can fucking breathe. But, I digress. So she hears him. She's got her knitting shit beside her. She grabs that needle and just like behind her 360 no-scopes his ass and just gets him right in the neck. Yeah, yeah. And this dude just drops like a sack of taters. Nice. And leaves his knife in the couch. Could have just gotten over there and just got him a few times, but we find out later that that would not have mattered. Okay. Then she runs upstairs and hides in the closet. Because the closet's been safe. Yeah, I mean, why would you not hide in a spot with no exit other than the door you came in? And it looked like she, she opened the window trying to convince him, oh no, she ran out the window. Which is actually smart. I mean, that's a smart move. Distract him, make him think, oh, she, he's already gone. And then what happens? Oh my god. I'm on edge. What happens? She takes a coat hanger to his eye. Oh yeah, that's a good scene too. Just jabbed him. Like, oh, oh I'm going to do that thing your mom should have done a while ago. Pop, pop. After he killed her sis, after he killed his sister, she probably should have just killed him. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, how many times does he have to get out well, before they're like, hmm. hold on? Well, hold on. Did you think I meant something else? What did you think I meant, Shauna? I I don't know, Rob. As a woman in America, this time I have, I don't think about stuff like that every day. Oh. Okay. I don't know what you. Th- I don't know what you were going with that, guys. Anyways, so coat hanger to the eye. And then Loomis runs in. After noticing the kids running out, like freaking out, like oh my god, these kids are running from this house. I should go in and investigate, <laughs> as one does. And hold on, before we get to that part, the other iconic scene. The, the first time you see him, like, Undertaker get up from his dead position. Oh, yes. Like, from behind her. He's out of focus. She's in focus. You see that background. Like, they're showing his whole body. So you're like, no, he's dead. There's nothing going to happen. But you, your Surprise, eyes keep going back. <laughs> your eyes keep darting back and forth between the queen him. Okay. Yeah. So he gets up. Pop. And they start fighting in the hall a little bit more. He's choking her out. He's got a kink for that. Shit, don't we all? 
it's like, yeah, you get that kink in like the first time you choke on a mozzarella stick, you're like, oh, oh god, I'm alive, but I have this massive erection. Where are these two things connected? I mean, it they could are. just be the mozzarella stick. Fried, fried cheese. I don't know that I've ever had one that good. I have choked on one and been like, oh boy. <laughs> like, well, this is something I'm going to have to deal with the rest of my fucking life. And that was just on my third birthday. Anyway, Loomis shoots six shots at Michael and... Unloads his full clip, guys. Yeah, like, like he's like, ah, 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 ah. Yeah. And he falls out the window to his presumed death. Which, if, if I'm not mistaken, on the, in that scene, you can, like, kind of see the ground where it kind of collapsed a little bit, where they, like, covered something up with leaves and dirt and stuff. Yeah. It was pretty funny. But then when you go back, obviously, he's gone. Yeah. And there's nothing there. But I just thought it was funny. And then the only I actually line... wrote note where'd he go with slapping beats. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, where'd he go with slapping beats? Slap at a base. Slap at a base. And the only interaction you have with Lori and Loomis is, is he the boogeyman? And he says, yes, yes, he was. Great shit, great shit. So that leads us to probably one of the more iconic endings in my mind. Like I always talk about this, where you have the music and it just goes to the different shots of the house. Yeah. It's so not important, really, I guess, but it just it keep, it stays with me. One of my favorite parts of the movie as well. Okay, so... Is there anything else you would like to add to this movie? Is there's so a lot. no, there's not no, that. no. I mean, just a lot to this movie. We could oh add, yeah, I guess. I'm sorry. That's true. Um, I kind of wanted to talk about a few more of the psychoisms that go ahead. I didn't get to talk about. Bring it. So a lot of people kind of like, wow, this movie is not that bloody, but there actually is quite a bit of blood, but. Carpenter used the same tricks as in Psycho to distract from the fact of how much blood there was. I like, you know, okay, uh, you're in the POV of the sheet, or and you got the you have the knife flinting, you know, so you don't focus. You're focusing more on the knife than the blood, and that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. But also, the, the he chose a kitchen knife just like mother in Psycho. Beautiful. And use the same sound for the stabbing noises as Psycho, which is uh, a knife being pushed into a melon. It doesn't say oh. what kind of melon. The, the melon. I guess it depends on the season, maybe. And it I'd like to talk about the legacy a little bit before we wrap this one up. Well, go ahead. Do. Do, do your thing. So, it spawned, or it has 13 films in the franchise now. You, it's one of the most profitable independent films 
station where Michael talks at the sanitarium, which is kind of weird. Uh, it's no that. longer in print anymore, mainly because it seems like it's kind of crap. But um, apparently there was also a Atari 2600 game, and we were watching uh, some of the gameplay of that right before we recorded this, and it's pretty rough. Oh, it's yeah. actually kind of a lot of blood for an Atari game. And, yeah, like, a lot of decapitation. Um, it was nominated for the Saturn Award for Best Horror Film by the Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Films in 1979, but it lost to Wicker Man. I know, weird, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like... We're gonna, we're gonna assume that that's the original, not the Nick Cage version. Yes. But it ended up just, like, blossoming into this whole major phenomenon. And it actually is in the Library of Yes, it is. Oh, yes. The uh, United States National Film Registry and Library of Congress as being culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. So that's in locked away in the Library of Congress. I just find that awesome. It is such an influential horror film. I can't think of one person that can't think of, oh, what's a good Halloween movie? Fucking Halloween. Yeah, I mean, like, even little kids are like, oh yeah, I know who Michael Myers is, you know? Yeah, it's influential. I know for me, I try to watch it at least every Halloween season and other times throughout the year because it's just, in my opinion, one of the most perfect movies ever made. It's your favorite movie of all time. Absolute favorite. Absolute favorite. Um, anything else you would like to add? No. Um... I would like to take a moment here to talk about a movie very near and dear to my heart. Halloween, 1978. <sighs> Great movie. Um, it spawned how many sequels? Or how... How big is the franchise now? 13 movies? 13 movies, yes. 13 movies. I would like to petition it to drop down to 12 and one be <laughs> scrubbed from the face of the fucking earth. That would be Halloween Ends. <sighs> okay. So we got a lot of exciting plans in the works and make sure to stay tuned to the website. Yep, is there anything you would like to plug? Your little TikTok? Your Instagram, uh, TikTok, random acts of extra. If you want to see some of my crazy sticker and earring works, she actually designed our logo. I know I bring this up a lot, but she did. We are going to be having a little trivia contest. Maybe you yes. can win some stickers. Oh, and they glow so bright. They're such great stickers. Oh my god. I actually, uh, when we decided to eventually get downline to do the rest of the Halloween movies, which I think we will probably do the rest of the Psycho movies. When we get to Halloween 
is I'll probably put those stickers over my eyes, ears, <laughs> nose, mouth, probably try passing out. Um, and you can find us on TikTok under Horror Movie Horrors. Uh, that's our website as well, Horror Movie Horrors at squarespace.com. Um, let's see here. That's about it. Yes. Um, is there anything you're excited about coming up real quick? Um, let's see. Any good horror movies coming out? We did just go see Black Panther Wakanda Forever. That was great. Made me cry a lot. Um, we just got Screambox. That's got Terrifier 2. I'm excited to rewatch that. Yes. This isn't a horror movie, but I thought you would be excited to know what just got added to Netflix. What's that? When the Crawdads Sing. Oh, I'm so excited. The book was so creepy. Yeah, so we'll be checking that out. Um, let's see here. I just saw that the Crabs movie is finally being released for oh, Blu-ray, yeah. and I, it's like gonna be digitally released, and then a week later uh, on Blu-ray. So I will definitely be checking that out because I'm obsessed with crabs. There is actually and mutant crabs. Yes. <laughs> Yes, there is. Uh, that is going to be good. I did not watch the trailer, but just the picture alone looked weird. Yes. So good. Uh, there was a horror movie coming out that I wanted to check out. Hold on, I'm pulling it up so I can get the name right. Freeze. That's it. Um, it was actually the winner of the H.P. Lovecraft Film Festival for Best Film Award winner. Ooh. It is, I'll show you the picture. Try describing it. It's supposed to be a Lovecraftian horror. Ooh, that looks so cool. Uh, it looks like it is a colonial ship, and they're like mer people. He kind of looks like a deep sea creature mixed with an alien. <laughs> Yeah, let's see here. Let me read the description for y'all. On a rescue mission to the North Pole to retrieve an old friend and his lost expedition crew, Captain Mortimer gets more than he bargained for when his ship is frozen into the ice sheets and set upon by bloodthirsty fish creatures. Uh, Mortimer and his surviving crew flee the ship, beginning a treacherous journey to find safety in a frozen, desolate wilderness. Bum, bum, bum. This poster alone looks like a... Uh, sci-fi channel original poster and I'm into it. Yes. It is the tagline is it's not just the frost that bites. Oof. Oh god. Creme de la cringe. Oh so good. Okay. With that I do believe we're gonna wrap this up. Yeah. I think this may be our longest episode of the two yet. <laughs> um look out in the future we are gonna be doing Terrifier. Terrifier two on the docket. That will be two separate episodes. I think we need... I think we can maybe get them into one. Oh, really? Maybe. We've got to do All Hallows' Eve also. I think it's going to be... We're going to have to kind of look into that. So, But we will definitely be covering some Terrifier very, very soon, if not next week. Uh, if we do all three parts, we may have to change our formatting a little bit and not go through the whole movie timeline. Oh, yeah. That's it. And then... And then we're going to get into one of the apparently horror franchises longest running franchise? Yeah, it's the longest running 
horror movie franchise. Godzilla. Yes, and it will be great. Uh, we got that Criterion Collection ready to go. Start watching some. It's going to be good. Okay. All Make right. sure to be checking out our TikTok. We're going to be trying to post more on there, getting more of a schedule going on that. That we'll have contests on there. We're going to have a lot of fun stuff to do. Yes. And a lot and of stuff to see. Hopefully, hopefully. Um, so somebody here, I'm not going to name any names. <clears throat> it's the other person that's not me or Ripley. Uh, made sure to get the password and everything, and yet still sends me all the videos to post, but she has access to it. It's weird. Yeah, but I end up making the videos and editing them. Ah, oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Anyways, that's it for us. Um, let's go ahead and do this. Alright. Bye, y'all. Bye. And remember... Always keep them screaming. <laughs>